0: Pass is caught. Kittle breaks one tackle. Another. Wow, what a touchdown for George Kittle. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Red Gold Standard podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Hernan. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Anthony Perry. Anthony, how you doing?
1: What's going on Zach? What's going on faithful? It is your boy Perry back with another edition of the red and gold standard podcast How's it going Zach? I know we got a little bit to talk about on the ledger today A lot of early playoffs or playoff early schedule stuff in particular And I know it's early offseason, but i'm really excited to talk about the niners schedule I think there's a lot to talk about Obviously, there's a lot to talk about with any football game But with the way the niners schedule has already been laid out in particular given that, you know, we know who they're going to play in the road and away games and home games and all that stuff. It's just, it's really exciting and I can't wait to get into it, man. So let's get it rolling.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, Anthony kind of gave you guys a little preview. Today, uh, in the next couple episodes, we will be doing a schedule, kind of in-depth preview. We're going to be breaking it up into quarters of the season. Uh, so today we're going to cover the first quarter. Um, so we're just going to kind of do like a little bit like, uh you know additions to the team, whatever, um, kind of implications the game has and just stuff like that, you know, kind of other aspects focusing on what the team's going through when they will be playing this game and key matchups. So without further ado, Anthony, we can go ahead and get into week one. Uh, the 49ers open up the schedule at home against their division rival, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Anthony, they had some pretty, uh, major additions this uh, offseason specifically adding uh, DeAndre Hopkins from the Houston Texans wide receiver what type of challenge does that bring to the 49ers defense
1: with a team that's already relatively challenged at the defensive back position and not challenged in the sense that the DBs are terrible but just challenged in the sense that you don't have a lot of confidence that they could match up well against a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. And obviously that's not to say that no DB can match up against Hopkins because let's face it, Hopkins is incredible. He's a top three wide receiver in the league, but it would be nice to have the feeling that you think one of your corners could have a chance at at least neutralizing Hopkins. And with the way our DB room looks, I don't know if they could do that. And The pass rush is going to save him a lot. We obviously know what happened this past season when the Niners played the Cardinals. Kyler Murray had no time to throw in the pocket. He's just naturally a scrambler as a quarterback. He loves to make plays with his feet and throw in the run and whatnot. So he, he alone kind of negated the pass rush. But when the pass rush was hitting home, it really drove Murray out of the pocket regardless of who he is as a quarterback. And now you bring that ability along with a wide receiver like Hopkins with cornerbacks who maybe aren't the most fluid in terms of movement and play style. Let's face it, mostly still has a lot of growing to do. Witherspoon is a big question mark. Gawon Williams is good in the slot, but he's not necessarily a shutdown slot corner against someone like Hopkins or you know even maybe Christian Kirk. And then obviously Richard Sherman, who's just only getting older. And that's not to say he's getting worse, but he is going to slow down. And that just happens as corners get older. It's part of the game. So... Hopkins, I think, is going to bring a different kind of challenge to the Niners' overall secondary as a whole, whether it be the corners, whether it be the safeties, whether it even be linebackers who have to cover him or have to you know, watch him in his zone or in their zone. It's going to be a lot for the team. And Kyler Murray was already frustrating for the Niners' defense to deal with as it is. Now they got to deal with DeAndre Hopkins. Oh. Ooh. not I'm not saying that I don't believe in the defense, but adding Hopkins definitely makes their time a lot harder when it comes to dealing with, a, I guess you can say, a high-octane offense, if you will, in the Arizona Cardinals.
0: Yeah, when I saw this trade happen, I was furious. Um, I mean, they didn't really give up much. They didn't break the bank to acquire him. And just knowing that the 49ers will have to face him twice a year now, On top of already, you know, struggling to defend Kyler Murray, who is an extremely talented young quarterback. Man, they're really setting him up nicely with some weapons around him. And, you know, like you said, the 49ers are going to have a tough task defending him. But, you know, good offense beats great defense every single time. I mean, you can only defend so much before... Kyler Murray places the perfect ball or DeAndre Hopkins goes up and snatches it right out of the defender's hands. I mean, there's only so much you can do. So when I saw that happen, I just thought the 49ers have a lot on their plate when they do face the Cardinals. And not only that, but they, you know, I was hoping that they would have addressed their secondary position. And I know that I asked this on Twitter and we even did a a video on it as to why they didn't. And uh, a lot of people were saying, you know, that they felt comfortable, or, you know, the the guys that they have are, are playing strong, strongly. And I agree with that. I think they, they did play well. Like you said, they, they kind of benefited a lot from uh, a really, really strong defensive line. But I just hope that that, that continues. Because if not, they're going to have their hands full. Um, and, and, you know, the Cardinals have kind of proved they can put up points. So these, this it's going to be a, a big matchup. Now, also, Anthony, in the draft... Um, they added linebacker Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson and obviously this is their way of taking away George Kittle when the 49ers face them twice a year. Uh, what can the 49ers expect out of um, out of this rookie uh, Simmons excuse me when they when they face them?
1: He's a slot corner he's a pass rusher he's a free safety he's a run box safety and he's a middle linebacker depending on however the Arizona Cardinals want to use him. Isaiah Simmons is just he's a physical freak who can run fast, play hard, is very instinctive, and he just has a knack for being around the football. And when you're when you play for a program like Clemson, who obviously is just a championship caliber team caliber team with championship caliber coaching, with guys who just breathe victory and all they want to do is just win and play hard. That's going to translate into the NFL very nicely for Simmons, and I think he's going to be a very solid player. His athleticism is going to cover up for a lot of, maybe a lot of non-instinctive things he's not ready for with the game yet, considering that he is a rookie, and obviously he still has a lot to learn at the NFL level. So that translation, when it comes to going up against tight ends like George Kittle, or even just having a matchup against athletic wide receivers like Debo Samuel and now Brandon Ayuk, I think it's going to be a challenge for Simmons. I think he's going to learn quickly that the defense he's playing with the Cardinals is nothing like the defense he had with Clemson. And that's not to say that Clemson's defense was really good and Arizona's really bad, but the the difference level in between college really good and NFL really bad is pretty dramatic. So I will say that Simmons is going to have a lot of ground to cover because the Cardinals' defensive line is not that good outside of Chandler Jones. The secondary is pretty good with guys like Buda Baker and Patrick Peterson, but it still kind of has a lot of work to be done. So Simmons is a big plug-and-play player, but him alone isn't going to shore up the defense entirely. And yeah, I think they drafted him not just solely to stop George Kittle, but I think a lot of that purpose is to negate Kittle, because we saw how i God the game when Kittle got hurt on like the fifth or sixth play of the game after he toasted Buda Baker. Oh, I think he was hurt on that play after he toasted Buda Baker. I think he scored a touchdown. Baker's did no chance. And Kittle just had the Cardinals, number all night long until he got taken out. And so it's like, you go, you go for a guy like Simmons, and now you're thinking, all right, now we have this guy who can just take out George Kittle. Well, we also got to deal with Kyle Shanahan. And Simmons can be this amazing athletic linebacker, hybrid safety, who can get the job done. But he hasn't had to play an offensive coordinator like Kyle Shanahan, who has a weapon like George Kittle. And Shanahan is going to do everything that he possibly can to figure out Simmons' weaknesses and exploit the hell out of those weaknesses. So again, Simmons is a great pick. He's a great addition. But I don't know if he's necessarily going to be ready to go up against a guy like George Kittle and Kyle Shanahan, who, quite frankly, are two of the best coach-player combinations in the league, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, George Kittle will definitely have the upper hand at least early on, and then I, I expect this to be a pretty good matchup for the next couple of years to, to come. Um, Simmons is a hell of a talent, like you said. You know, he can line up anywhere. Uh, he was saying pre-draft, you know, I play defense, and I thought that was pretty funny. But he he's he, – the Cardinals got the, the right guy. Let me, let me just say that. For the division they're in, um, the 49ers were the premier team in the division last year. How do you stop the 49ers' offense? First of all, you take away George Kittle. Um, I don't think Simmons will be able to do that right off the bat, but I think that he's capable of at least matching up with him pretty well um, in the near future. So the 49ers are going to have some some battles on their hands on offense and on defense, and things are already tough as we saw last year. I mean, uh, I said in the last YouTube video I did with Matt, uh, they could have lost both games easily. Then, you know, they were able to to escape both of them with with wins but it would not have been a stretch to say that they were in position to lose both of those games pretty late in the game as well um now anthony we kind of discussed the additions on the offseason free agency draft trades some key matchups now let's get into the fun stuff let's get into some score predictions do you want to go first or you want me to go first
1: yeah i'll go first and for early score predictions I think for this game in particular, because, what, this is the first game of this season. Dude, I don't... I mean, obviously the Niners can have a lot of time to prepare for Kyler Murray and prepare for that kind of offense that did just add DeAndre Hopkins. And they even added a little sleeper running back in Eno Benjamin. He's, I think, out of Arizona State. Really good running back. A lot of people wanted the Niners to go after him, but nonetheless, he went to Arizona Obviously, they have Ken and Drake there as the incumbent number one running back who was very effective after he left Miami. But I think, Eno Benjamin will carve himself as a nice role, even on like a third back type deal or third down back type deal. But shoot, score predictions. I don't necessarily feel like the Niners defense is just going to be quite ready to face the Arizona Cardinals, and I'm not saying in any way that I think Arizona is better than San Francisco in terms of the team as a whole, but I do think their type of offense is built to really go against what the Niners offer on defense, and we saw what happened when they played him last time, and yeah, Kyler couldn't really get a lot of big throws off, but it was a lot of short checkdowns. It was a lot of quick slant, quick underneath, shallow routes, or just quick five, six, seven yard scrambles that were just tiring out the Niners defense and just attacking them head on if you will and that's the one thing that you can do to really negate the Niners' pass rush is get a throw off in less than two seconds and hope that the DB isn't covering the slant or the shallow well and that's just kind of what happened when the Niners played the Cardinals last time so early on right now I I don't want to say it but this is just kind of my gut feeling is I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners did lose this first game against the Cardinals just to shake off all the coronavirus rust and who knows what's going to happen with training camps and stuff like that moving forward. But at the end of the day, you do have to admit that going up against an offense that did just add to top three wide receiver on top of a young quarterback who has a lot of potential and has a lot to offer with what he can do in terms of mobility and throwing ability. I think for this case, it might just be too much for the Niners defense, if you will. I do think that when they do play week one, I think it will be a high-scoring game. So for right now, I'm going to say Cardinals 30 and Niners 27.
0: Okay, wow. You know, there were some high-scoring matchups last season, and I I could definitely see it. For me, I agree with you that one team will get into the 30s. (laughs) But I think that the 49ers, coming off of a Super Bowl loss, the way that they lost the game... Uh, I think they're going to do everything they can to shut down the opposing team. It's a young quarterback, young coach. They're probably feeling a little overconfident going into the game. They had a really good offseason. Um, you know, obviously that remains to be seen what, how it actually plays out come week one. But everybody's always trying to crown somebody in the offseason. You could say the Cardinals had a pretty good offseason. But I think that the 49ers come out hot. I think their, their offense is... Uh, a gear up already from from last season and that's before even even practicing together even taking a step snap, snap on the field so I think the 49ers come out hot they come out firing on all cylinders not only that the defense not only hungry uh, ready and extremely eager to prove themselves as an elite defense uh, they probably heard for the last you know four or five months that they choked. They gave up this game. And this is going to be the first time they get to put on pads and go and hit somebody since then. I'm going to go 31-17 49ers. Um, I think the 49ers take this one easily. I think early on it might be a little close, but I think they pull away um, later on, second half, and they, they win this one comfortably. And it, it almost is – I'm thinking of the Rams game last season, the first Rams game, where the Rams came out and hit them in the mouth with the touchdown. They You know, they hadn't allowed – 100 yard rusher or rushing touchdown I think it was up until that point and then bam they went and did it on the first drive everybody was kind of freaking out it might be something similar to that to where the Cardinals come out they get an early score they're feeling really good and then the 49ers just completely shut it down Um, I think that they're gonna be like I said really eager to prove themselves so I'm going 31 17 49ers Now, Anthony, obviously, like I said, this is a divisional matchup. What future implications does this game hold?
1: I think we could possibly be looking at the next coming of the big NFC West rivalry, like how the Niners and Seahawks were when those two teams were really in their prime. And yeah, again, I know I said that the Cardinals do have a lot of growing to do as a team and as a whole, but they are on the coming up. They're making all the right moves. Kyler Murray I will expect would grow very nicely, especially with DeAndre Hopkins. Especially that they got Cliff Kingsbury in his second year in that system. God, that's a tongue twister. But a lot of the things are coming together for the Cardinals. The Niners are peaking at the right time. And honestly, I do think the Cardinals pose a bigger threat to the Niners in the NFC West than the Seahawks. And that's a lot of the reason why I think that the Cardinals and the Niners will be again, will be the next big rivalry and that's just the future implications. I, I would say that really impact the Niners as a whole. You know, for the whole season, I'm not saying that the Niners or excuse me, the Cardinals are going to be division winners. I think they they might win it in the next season or two, but we're going to go very nicely, and we're going to see a team that's really going to rival the Niners. And again, this season I wouldn't be surprised if they split split the team series one to one, but again I wouldn't be surprised too if both games are really close. So I'm going to cap it off for the Cardinals, Zach. I do think that that rivalry is going to be like the Seahawks and Niners was in the day. Maybe it won't be as intense and as aggressive as those two teams were back then. But I do think the matchups and I do think the way things are going to play out for each teams are going to make both games very hard fought.
0: You know, I'm so glad you said that because I feel the same exact way. I really do think the Cardinals have a pretty good chance of passing up the Seahawks this year. And I think that they're going to be, like I, I've said this, this kind of this whole episode, they're going to be a tough test for the 49ers and they're going to have their hands full dealing with them, dealing with their offense. Um, their, their, their defense is still a little porous. Um, they do have some talented pieces there, but it's not complete. So I think that's why um, I give the 49ers kind of the, the such a large win in this game. But, I would not be surprised if they happen to split a game with them later on in the season. And yeah, you know, like I said, this could be the game or excuse me, the matchup that decides the NFC West or decides, you know, anything like how we saw in week 17 last year against Seattle. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see. And I think the real story here in the NFC West is who wins out of the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Because if the Cardinals sweep the Seahawks, Man, they just took the torch right from them. They didn't even wait for them to pass it. They went and and stole it. So that's going to be interesting to see. And I think the 49ers have a good chance in week one. But when the second time comes around, you guys are going to have to wait until the next episode uh, where we discuss that. Now, Anthony, week two, the 49ers traveled to the New York Jets to to face them there. Um, You know, they had some pretty key free agency additions. Uh, They did add offensive linemen. Uh, Connor McGovern, I believe, if I'm saying that correctly, uh, he was from the Browns, and you know he wasn't penalized once in 2019, and he allowed only one sack, so that's huge for their offensive line. And then they also signed uh, cornerback Pierre Desir. Now he's an underrated corner. He spent uh, last year with the Colts, and I think that he's a, a solid corner in this league. It's hard to find uh, secondary help that is you know solid and that's going to be able to play right away um now they also added um let's see makai becton with their 11th pick and denzel mims with their 59th pick uh tackle and wide receiver respectively uh anthony what do all of these additions what are they going to bring to the table when the 49ers face them who are you most concerned about in this matchup
1: um I mean, not to be disrespectful to the Jets, man, but if you want to be honest, I don't think there's too much to be afraid of when it comes to the Jets. They're a young team. Adam Gase is a okay head coach, I guess. Like, Adam Gase has his moments, but he just can't seem to get it together, dude. Not in New York. And the Jets, the thing about the Jets, man, is that they have a lot of potential as an entire team to get the job done. But ownership and coaching, and it seems like chemistry just gets in the way of that team as as a whole unit, and it's just it really kind of is one of those games where you think the Niners could absolutely just brush it off, play eighty percent, and still beat them by thirty. You know what I mean? But for the sake of the podcast, man, if I had to pick one influential player when it comes to the Jets, it's Jamal Adams, dude. Jamal Adams was the guy that the Niners everyone wanted him to take. I think that was a Solomon Thomas draft that everyone wanted him to take. And I mean, this dude is just, he's like team player, a who you would absolutely want to build around and not that many people want to build around a safety, but that's just who Jamal Adams is. Jamal Adams is an outstanding character. He's an outstanding physical safety who knows how to lay the wood, knows how to cover and knows how to go sideline, sideline, just like a linebacker. And I would say he's definitely the scariest part of that entire Jets team in terms of defense, because again, he, he makes wide receivers and tight ends pay for entering his zone or matching up one-on-one against him. And he will make a name for himself and he will make himself known on the football field. So it's not Sam Darnold. It's not Le'Veon Bell. It's not Denzel Mims with all due respect to Mekhi Becton, man. It's just that the Jets defense is really stingy, especially with Greg Williams. I, I think Greg Williams is still over there, but the point being is that the Jets do have a very stingy defense and it is led by, you know, the biggest key cog on that team and Jamal Adams. So, again, if there's anyone I had to fear, I would say it's Jamal
0: Adams. Now, that that's a great pick. Definitely Jamal Adams. Arguably the best safety in the game right now. Like, like you said, I, I I really hope the 49ers took him in that draft. Instead, they went with Solomon Thomas. We all know how that's gone. Um, but I, I I messed up. I totally messed up. We need to pay respect. Uh, The grandfather of the running back position himself, Frank Gore, also signed with the New York Jets this offseason. And we will be facing him when the 49ers travel to New York in week two. Um, It seems like he's just the gift that keeps on giving to the NFL, man. His body is still producing. I feel like at this rate, he's going to be playing on the same team as his son in a couple of years. (laughs) But I, I you know it, with, all, with all seriousness, I am really excited for Frank Gore. I hope the best for him this year. Obviously, I hope he doesn't ball out against the 49ers, but nonetheless, it's still going to be exciting to see. Um, you know, I'm actually really excited to see Denzel Mims, the wide receiver out of Baylor. I think he is a very very electric receiver and I think if the if the excuse me the Jets can kind of make something happen with him and San darnold, they got a pretty good a duo there. Uh, the 49ers if they if their defensive line isn't hitting home um you know their secondary has been able shown that they're able to kind of be I don't want to say exposed but they're able to find some weaknesses there and, and pick on them you know perhaps a Witherspoons uh on in in coverage and he's been picked on a bit so that's gonna be a key matchup for me to keep an eye on and also you know their first overall pick uh number 11 overall McCkay Beckton out of Louisville he's gonna have his hands full all time. Uh, with the defensive line coming in that the 49 ers obviously value their defensive line a lot they use another first round pick as we all know by now on Javon Kinlaw out of South uh, excuse me South Carolina so it's just a it's an embarrassment of riches at this point to be honest with you and I don't think the Jets have really any chance uh, moving forward in this game and with that being said what are some score predictions you have for me, Anthony, and, and and be nice here.
1: <laughs> I think the Jets' defense is going to cause the Niners' fits at the end of the day. Again, I can't stress enough how stingy they are. They have Jamal Adams, and they have a lot of decent pieces, especially if Quinton Williams is going to be healthy for, for this coming season because he wasn't too healthy last season. And we all remember how the whole ordeal was, oh, should the Niners do Quinton, should the Niners do Nick Bosa? Thank God it was Nick Bosa, dude. Thank God. But in any event, though, friendly score predictions. Just because, man, you know, the Niners dominated the East Coast this past season. And with the way the Jets are, especially in Week 2, things are early. I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners really lay the wood on those guys once again. Well, not once again, but just really make a name for themselves in the East Coast, I mean. So, just, jeez. I really want to say that the Niners are just going to shred Sam Darnold and Le'Veon Bell, and I like Le'Veon Bell, but, man, that offense just, Sam, Sam Darnold's going to see more ghosts than he saw against New England, dude. That's just a fact on fact on fact. I wouldn't be surprised if Darnold had, like, three or four picks on top of getting sacked five times. But in any event, though, Niners, shoot. <laughs> I'm going to say Niners 34, and I think it's going to be a whooping, dude. Niners 34, Jets 10.
0: Wow. I mean, I could see it just because of how last season went for both teams. Um, The 49ers, like you said, you know, they did really well on the East Coast. And this year, it'll be their first game back on the East Coast. But I could definitely see it. Um, For me, I don't think it's going to be as big of a blowout. Or at least, I don't think the 49ers will put up as many points I think they'll probably get to an early score lead, lean on their running game, kind of take things slow. Uh, I'm going with maybe like a 24-7 to 7 type, uh, maybe 24-10. I think the 49ers, they kind of let their foot off the gas towards the end, lean on their running game, like I said, and just kind of coast to a nice victory, take what they can. They don't need to kind of uh, overwork anybody or you know risk any injuries like that. Now, Anthony, week three, they stay on the East Coast, likely will stay in uh, New York, New Jersey, and they face the New York Giants. Now, the Giants had some interesting offseason moves. Uh, as far as free agency, they signed Cameron Fleming, the offensive tackle who was with the Cowboys. They signed James Bradbury, the cornerback from the Panthers, and they also signed uh, Deion Lewis, the running back who was you know, formerly with uh, New England, I believe, Tennessee. And then uh, they were also able to franchise Leonard Williams, the defensive lineman. And as far as the draft, their number one overall pick, Andrew Thomas, out of Georgia, offensive tackle. And then they took uh, Xavier McKinney, Alabama safety, with their first pick in the second round. Out of all of these new additions, Anthony, who are you most concerned or who do you think faces the biggest threat, or excuse me, poses the biggest threat for the 49ers?
1: I think... You know, this guy might not be the biggest threat, but I just want to bring his name out there, man. I'm really excited to watch Andrew Thomas. I think he's the best tackle in that draft class. He's definitely the safest pick for the Giants, and he's just going to lead to a lot of positivity for that offensive line as a whole. You know, they overpaid on Nate Solder, who's just been a bum, and I think he's still on the roster but he's he's an average tackle at this point. They obviously got uh big Will Hernandez. He has got the big old net pad net pad. Neck pad? Neck pad. God, I'm drunk. They got the neck pad on him and obviously just Andrew Thomas. So they have a pretty decent offensive line, and I think they'll give Daniel Jones a lot of time to throw back there, assuming that Nick Bosa and or D Ford or even Eric Armstead give uh give Andrew Thomas the fits. But Zach, I'm really excited. Andrew Thomas looks like he's built like a like built like a linebacker safety. The dude is so fit and so strong and just he's a quick and nimble blocker who just dominates at the point of attack and knows how to get the job done. And I think he will give who's ever rushing against him some problems because again, he's the best tackle in the league. Or I mean the best tackle out of the whole draft class. And the Niners, you know, the thing is is that the Niners are going to have to face Makai Beckton, a rookie tackle, who I think was the fourth best tackle in the first round. He's athletically gifted, but I don't think he's, you know, all there in terms of his playability. Like he's very raw as a tackle. They got to play a lot of young dudes. They're going to have to match up against Josh Jones, the rookie the Cardinals took in the third round. Then they're going to have to obviously play Makai Beckton and now Andrew Thomas. So the Niners are going to have to play offensive lines with a lot of inexperience. But I do think that a guy like Andrew Thomas is just plug and play is an instant starter who isn't afraid to match up against any edge rusher. And I'm not going to say he's going to lock down D. Ford or Nick Bosa, but I won't be surprised if we do see a pancake or two thrown out by him.
0: Okay, I like it. Um, That's going to be, you know, we've been saying the 49ers biggest strength is their defensive line. And that's going to be a battle for sure in the trenches. For me, I think the key matchup is James Bradbury, their newest corner signed uh, from Carolina. He got a pretty fat contract, man. A, a three-year, $45 million contract with $32 million guaranteed. He's, you know, immediately becomes one of the highest paid corners in the league. So a lot is going to be asked of him. And I think he, he comes into that situation immediately becoming their number one corner. And the 49ers, if they don't play their cards right, if Jimmy is having an off day, if he misses things as he's been known to do, you know, James Bradbury could pick on him and kind of take advantage of that. So that's definitely some uh, a key matchup for me is the wide receivers against James Bradbury. And, you know, like I said, he could take advantage of a bad throw, a bad read, whatever it is, and and pick one off. And then also, you know, the uh, Leonard Williams, the defensive lineman, I know he's kind of been not spectacular. He didn't really live up to the hype, but he still played well. Um, I know last season he only had, looks like half a sack and two uh, tackles per ESPN, but he's a big body and when healthy, he's able to kind of, you know, eat up space on that defensive line. So the 49ers, I'm not going to say they'll have their hands full because I don't really think they will, but those are two guys that they'll have to kind of keep an eye on James Bradbury specifically it's kind of two different levels here James Bradbury's on a whole different level than Leonard Williams but he's still somebody that you need to keep an eye on now Anthony it, this is almost similar to the Jets for me when you go into your final score predictions what are you thinking I'm thinking of
1: a young team that is better coached than the Jets and I, again I think Adam Gase is okay I don't know why I feel like I every season I think like man I think Adam Gase can really do it. And then he just lets me down. So, the... God, what's the name of the coach the Giants brought in? The dude from the Patriots, who's a special teams coach? Uh, They brought in Joe Judge, who I think will have a very good coaching season for his first year. Obviously, coming out of the Patriots system, Patriots coaches don't tend to do well right away. Obviously, we saw with, like, Brian Flores, I think, uh, the dude out of Detroit Lions, too. Matt Patricia... Also, but some are hit, some are miss, and I think Joe Judge has a lot on his plate to deal with a team like the New York Giants, who are just relatively defunct. I think, and they have a lot of holes and a lot of things to work on. But a lot of people seem to speak really highly of Joe Judge, and I think Joe Judge just brings championship caliber experience to a team that that just needs a leader. They really need a leader. So I think this game will be a little more hard fought than the Jets game. I do think the Giants have very nice pieces. Obviously, they got a top five running back in Saquon Barkley. They got a nice little wide receiver piece in Darius Slayton. And I think Golden Tate's still on that team too. So they got a couple of decent pieces off on top of like Daniel Jones and Evan Ingram if he's going to be healthy. And then you get to the defensive side of the ball. You saw that they brought in Leonard Williams and they had Jabril Peppers and DeAndre Baker and Dexter Lawrence. So they have some nice pieces, Zach. I think the Giants have really nice pieces, and I think they will give the Niners a little bit more of the fits, but I'm not going to say that they're going to go out there and make it a competitive game. Again, I think the Niners are just they're too far better of a team than the Giants to really make this game close. So that's kind of going into it. I do think the Giants overall are a better team than the Jets in terms of coaching, players, athletic ability you know all the football type stuff so i'm gonna give the niners the edge just because of experience and overall way better coaching and way better experience and whatnot so i'm gonna say niners 24 giants 14
0: okay not not too big of a win definitely not as big as the last two games uh 10 points i could see it you know second week of a back-to-back on the east coast another early game um I think it's going to be closer, but I don't think it's going to be a close game. I I, I could see definitely double digits, just like you said, when I was going through my notes for this game, um, I wrote down 27 to 13. And I think that's a pretty comfortable score. The 49ers, like you said, they're just the far superior team in this matchup. And no matter how much the Giants improved, I just don't think that it'll be enough to kind of make it a close game. Uh, The 49ers, and, you know, they could be a totally different team, obviously, but I think based off of what we saw last year, based off of the moves that they've made up until now, I think that they've only improved. I don't think they've gotten worse. So I think that the um, they have a pretty good chance of winning this one rather comfortably and going into week four, which is a pretty big matchup because they face the Eagles at home uh, on prime time. And that one has obviously, or excuse me, before I move on from the Giants, Anthony, do you see any future implications this game may have? Not now, definitely not now. I mean,
1: I don't know if people out there are saying that Giants could be a sneaky playoff team just because they're not ready. Again, they have a lot of good talent on both sides of the ball. They're just they're just too young and too inexperienced to really pose as a playoff threat for the Niners. So no. But I do think that if everything goes right in New York and they do like Daniel Jones and Saquon stays healthy and maybe they give Jones another wide receiver and some more help on defense for Joe Judge, I think the Giants could kind of get back to that tier of play that they were at when Eli Manning was more or less in his prime. But that could be two seasons from now. That could be five seasons from now. So it could be a slow or or fast rebuild depending on how everyone grows and develops. So not now. Maybe in a few years from now, yeah, but the Giants just aren't there yet to really pose a serious threat for the Niners.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I do not see them winning the NFC East. I don't see them even making a, play, a wild card team, so I don't think that there will be any future implications in this game. Now, just like I was going to do moving on to week four. They have a big primetime matchup against the Eagles. They come back home across the country uh, from the East coast, back to the Bay area. Um, Anthony, the Eagles had an interesting off season, um, particularly in the draft. They didn't really have too many big free agency signings, although they did trade for Darius Slay, the cornerback from the lions, which I thought was a fantastic trade. Mm -hmm. But they used their first round pick on wide, receiving, uh, wide receiver, excuse me, uh, Jalen Rager from TCU, which was a good pick. I really like that pick. But then they used their second pick, 53 overall, on Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma. How do they think this helps them now?
1: Jalen Hurts is like, he's like that superhero off the bench that you want to step in and be a leader in case the big name guy like Carson Wentz gets hurt. And, I, God, dude, Carson Wentz cannot stay healthy, and I won't be surprised if he gets hurt again at end some point in the season just because he's, quote, labeled as injury-prone, but he's kind of lived up to it somewhat. So, yeah, the Jalen Hurts pick seems a little weird, but if this kid steps in and balls out when Wentz is gone, I will not be surprised if there's a quarterback dilemma building up in Philly and look I know that's a lot of disrespect towards Carson Wentz I mean before his injury I think what the Super Bowl year he was having an MVP caliber season and obviously it just kind of went down from there but you got to stay healthy if you want to make it big and the Eagles got kind of lucky that Nick Foles just had that career resurgence in the playoffs and near the end of the season but Jalen Hurts might not be Nick Foles Jalen Hurts could end up being like Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard, you know what I mean? It could be pretty bad. So it's a weird pick, but I also do think that it's like, I feel like it's one of those like low risk, high reward type picks, even in the second round where it's like, all right, here's a quarterback who a lot of people are saying, oh, he's a wide receiver, but we all know how that works out. If Jalen Hurts translates as a really nice quarterback and a really good backup, I wouldn't be surprised if the kid is just Getting starting snaps at some point in his career in Philly because again Wentz can't stay healthy. Hertz has proved he can show up in big moments, and Hertz has also proved he is—he's just a natural-born leader in Alabama who knows how to step up and be the man. And that's exactly what Philly needs. It seems like there's some drama building up with the fact that Wentz might not like his team or like his teammates or, you know, who knows? Maybe I'm just reading too much into it. But yeah, the Hurts pick is weird. But when you look at the big picture, Hurts could be a really nice addition for that team at some point in the future.
0: I mean, it it makes a little more sense when you explain it like that. Obviously, I know Carson Wentz has been relatively injured throughout his career. Uh, It seems like he hasn't really been able to stay on the field for extended periods at a time. But still, I thought spending such a, a high pick on a quarterback when you have a guy like Carson Wentz, it, it, it's head-scratching to say the least. Not only that, they are massively depleted at the wide receiver position, and this is one of the deepest wide receiver classes that we've seen. I, I thought they would have taken a wide receiver for sure. I know they took one in the first round, but I, I thought they should have taken one again. I mean, they were having guys signed off the street play last year and it obviously hurt their season. It hurt their chances of moving forward. Um, and I was surprised. I mean, it, it, it kind of reminds me of the Packers trading up to take Jordan Love when they have so many holes on defense. You know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a number one target to go to. And on, on a smaller scale, I could definitely see the relation there. But I think that the, uh, the Eagles, excuse me, That game's going to be a pretty big matchup for the 49ers. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the, I want to say it was week four. I could be wrong. Week four, week five matchup against Cleveland last season. Uh, The first 49ers primetime game of the year was Monday night football. There was a lot of pressure. People were saying this was the biggest game held at Levi Stadium to date. And the 49ers came in and just blew it out of the park. Uh, they, they you know started off the game with an interception and then a touchdown, or excuse me, a touchdown and then an interception, and I I'm not sure if this game's gonna go quite like that. Um, but who are some key matchups, Anthony, that you think the 49ers either need to keep an eye on or will look to exploit?
1: I think they could exploit the Eagles' secondary outside of the Darius Slay matchup. They brought back Jalen Mills. I think they have Rodney McLeod who's gonna play safety. They have a guy like Avante Maddox who's fast corner but he's not technically there yet I'd say and we saw that the Eagles secondary was just absolutely getting feasted upon this past season that's why they traded for Darius Slate but adding one guy isn't going to fix the entire problem it can fix one side of the field or a one-on-one matchup but it won't fix the entire problem so I think the Niners have a really juicy matchup against that secondary I wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy Garoppolo has himself a day But I also wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy Garoppolo gets knocked out of the game with some kind of minor injury just because of that defensive line. They have Fletcher Cox. I think they might have lost Brandon Graham, unless he's still there. But they have Fletcher Cox and they have Derek Barnett. They have a couple of really nice pieces on that defensive line. Obviously, Cox is a top-two tackle in the entire league. He's just an absolute game wrecker at his position. And that defensive line, whether they have good pieces or they have bad pieces, they're going to get the job done. And Fletcher Cox, I can't stress it enough, man. He's like he's like if you put DeForest Buckner's like athleticism with like Geno Atkins' strength and just Damon Harrison's like run stuffing, like he's just like the perfect interior defensive lineman for any team. And if I had any one player to fear on the Eagles offense or defense, even after some of their draft picks like Jalen Rager and I think Quez Watkins and obviously Jalen Hurts. Anyone Oh, and they got Marquise Goodwin, too. They also got Goodwin. That's also kind of a low-key-key key addition they got from the Niners. But if there's one person I have to fear, man, it's it's Fletcher Cox. He's going to cause a lot of problems for our offensive line.
0: Okay. I like that. Um, yeah, they they did acquire Marquise Goodwin. The 49ers felt that his time here uh, kind of was up. And I hope the best for Marquise Goodwin over in Philly. Um I think Carson Wentz, I think he's going to be a very, very key player in this game because a lot of it rides on him. Um, If he's able to come out and have a good game and play at that high level that he's shown he can play at, I think the 49ers are going to actually have their hands full this game. Um, And, you know, like you said, their first round pick out of... uh, Jalen Rager, he can be a big threat as well. The 49ers need to have their, their defense you know, intact. They need to have them bring their A game. And there's a lot of pressure, a lot of excitement, nationally televised game. Uh, there's a lot that's going into it more so than just the actual X's and O's of the game. The 49ers are coming off of two games on the East Coast, a lot of travel coming back. They do have the extra day of rest, but you still got to take it all into consideration. And you know, I think that The 49ers will probably look to attack their secondary, like you said. I know they traded for Darius Slay, but whoever is opposite of Darius Slay, they'll probably look to attack. And also their running game. I know that the Eagles have that stout defensive line, but I think the 49ers are pretty confident in their offensive line and their running scheme to where they feel that they could probably run the ball on just about anybody. So I'd like to see them attack that. But I actually, here, I'm going to call it right now, right here, I think this is going to be Brandon Ayuk's coming out game. I think he's going to come out, have 100 yards, a touchdown, and he's just going to come out and show exactly why the 49ers traded up to get him in the first round. And not only is he going to show it to the the Eagles and to the 49ers, but to the whole world. I mean, this is going to be a key game, nationally televised, and I think that he's going to have his coming out party. And it couldn't be at a bigger time. Uh, For me, because, you know, I just love when rookies come out and show everybody what they're made of, especially, like I said, nationally televised game. Now, with that all being said, Anthony, let's go ahead and get into some final score predictions of this Eagles 49ers matchup.
1: (laughs) I'm going to say it just because I think it's going to be not a shootout, but I think it's going to be a pretty tight game. I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna say Niners twenty-four, Eagles twenty-one. I'm gonna say it's gonna be a three-point game. That's gonna come down to a game-winning touchdown by the Niners. I think Garoppolo is going to lead his first fourth quarter comeback of the season for the team. And look, the Eagles, they're gonna be feisting, they're gonna be ferocious. Bottom line. They're a championship team still, they have a lot of championship pieces. They are an excellent organization in terms of team building and in terms of just keeping their players happy and I think those dudes are going to be ready to show up and ball out. And, yeah, they got to travel to the West Coast, but that's no excuse for a team that just came off Super Bowl a couple years ago. And they're just built to win, and I think they're built to play hard, and they're going to give the Niners the toughest challenge of the season. I know I mentioned Kyler Murray was a problem for the Niners in Week 1, but that's just him. I'm talking about the entire team for the Eagles, man. That defense is stout. The offense can... Definitely boom now that they added a lot of speed and a lot of athleticism. Like I said, Marquise Goodwin and Jalen Rager and my guy, JJ Arcego Whiteside, who I want to really perform because I really want the Niners to get him. But in any event, they have a lot of potential to really boom or bust on offense and they have a lot of potential to just shut down offenses on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think it's going to happen for the Niners. Like I said, I do think the Niners are going to win 24 to 21, but it's going to be a hard. Heartbreaker? No. It's going to be like a like a heart pounder. It's going to be one of those like <sighs> it's gonna be a really exciting game, man. It's gonna be really like one hell of a ride.
0: You know, I think this is gonna be a high scoring game. I I, I think this is gonna be a fun game for the 49ers. I think they're gonna have their hands full, like I said. Um a lot's gonna ride on it. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go 31, 27, 49ers. I think that they win this one kind of later in the game. I think they're gonna kind of be going uh, shot for shot, matching each other on till about midway through the fourth quarter. 49ers pull ahead and just kind of keep it, um, kind of uh, keep off a, a late Eagles resurgence trying to take the lead, trying to win the game. But it's gonna be a fun game, and probably the first of many for this season. Looking at the schedule. But I think the 49ers, I don't think it would be that hard to see them starting off the season 4-0. Uh, I mean, last year they started off 8-0, and but every season is different. But looking at these four games right here, um, I think definitely the Cardinals and the Eagles pose the biggest threats for them to lose. I do not see them having that hard of a time winning against the Jets and Giants, although it is on the East Coast and that's always tough for a West Coast team. Uh, but this team did well on the East Coast last year, so I don't envision it being that big of a problem. Um, that's gonna do it for us tonight, guys. Anthony, you got any final words here before we wrap things up?
1: Nah, man, this was a great episode, and I can't wait till we get into the other three quarters of the season. There's a lot of football to talk about, and there's a lot of things to talk about. We'll definitely go more in depth once these games really start rolling around, and once we can really break down the teams as you know their final rosters and all the cuts and all the you know, last-second trades that teams tend to pull off in the midseason or in the season near the start of the season, if you will. But uh, I'm excited, dude. I'm really excited. The whole coronavirus thing sucks. I'm really hoping baseball gets started at some point. You know, I saw the report saying that the state of Arizona is opening up for all sports, and I think Florida is going to open for all sports soon, too. Obviously, the two, like, wow, of course they would do that states of the U.S., but... Man, I miss sports so much. I'm just ready to watch everything, but it's a long off season. but once it really gets rolling around, there's going to be so freaking much to talk about, dude, and I cannot wait to go all in on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, what's funny is that the 49ers obviously were in the Super Bowl, so their offseason was extended by another two, or excuse me, their season was extended by another two months, but this feels like the longest off season in years. And it's only been, what, three months or so? And it, it's crazy, man. I, I really can't wait for football. I can't wait for any sports. I, I'm on the same page as you. Um, but, guys, let us know what you think. If you're listening in on Apple Podcasts, make sure you please subscribe, leave a review. We do read all of them, uh, so we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review for us. Right now, we have three separate giveaways going on. Uh, Make sure you follow us on Twitter at 49ers Hive. uh, YouTube, you can search us, 49ers Hive. Hit subscribe and Instagram at 49ers Hive. Um, Right now, if you follow us on each of these platforms, the three platforms, you are automatically entered in to win a 49ers jersey. There are three chances to win a 49ers jersey, one on each platform. I don't see why anybody would miss out on that opportunity. All you have to do is hit that follow button. And also, right now, go to our website, 49ersHive.com, hit the Shop 49ers Hive tab, and we have our Come At Me Bro t-shirts in celebration of Joe Staley's career. And right now, you can use code JS74 for 15% off your purchase. Code JS74. And on top of all of that, all pre-orders in the United States get free shipping. Um, You really can't beat this deal anywhere, guys. 49ersHive.com, Shop 49ers Hive tab. Go check it out right now. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and can't wait for the next episode.